Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Inside Intercom. This week, we're going to be talking about a phrase that's become a bit problematic for brands and marketers. That's content marketing. What's now a catch-all for media ranging from articles and books to blog posts, talks, even podcasts like this. The term commodifies what brands create, and that's before we even get into where it fits into content strategy, which has long had its own meaning and purpose in product design. So to help us better understand the roles content marketing and content strategy should and should not play in today's startups, our managing editor, John Collins, is joined by Christina Halverson. Christina is the CEO and founder of the world-renowned content strategy consultancy, Brain Traffic. She's also the brains behind the Confab conference series, and in 2009, published the book Content Strategy for the Web, which remains a seminal work on the topic. In her chat with John, Christina distills what we really should be discussing when we talk about content strategy. The heart of any good content strategy really is putting your audience or putting your users in the center of everything you do. Where startups today should begin when it comes to creating content. Start with your concrete business goals. Start with your shorter term objectives. Start with your audience and then craft that content strategy that's going to help you make a decision about where you are going to invest in your content and where you're not why content marketing is a volume play so rarely works out. They start cranking out all of this incredible content without thinking about if or how it's going to differentiate their organization and whether or not it's going to perform in the search engines. As always, if you like what you hear, want to check out more Inside Intercom episodes, you can subscribe to our show over at iTunes or your favorite podcast network. While you're there, we'd be forever grateful if you shot us a rating or review. It really does help us get the word out about the show. But now... Let's hop in the studio with John Collins and Christina Halverson. You're listening to Inside Intercom. Intercom, making internet business personal at scale. Learn more at intercom.com. Christina, welcome to the show. We've been chatting about having you on since connecting on Twitter, I think it was last May. So we're, we're thrilled to finally make it happen. Just to get us started, can you give our listeners a quick rundown of your career and content strategy and the work you're doing today at, at Brain Traffic? Yeah, sure. Um, I started out as a web copywriter a very long time ago and sort of got sick and tired of being called in at the very last minute to fill in all the lorem ipsum and the designs. So I kind of started to insert myself earlier and earlier into the process and pretty soon discovered that what I was doing was called content strategy. So it was really where I was assisting people in understanding all the nuances of the content planning, creation, and delivery process. My company, Brain Traffic, uh, started offering content strategy services formally in about 2007, and we've been doing it ever since. A lot of our services focus on website redesigns. We still do a lot of copywriting for websites. We also have moved into more enterprise content strategy that focuses on content operations design. So we are all up in the content. Okay, and it's been eight years since you wrote Content Strategy for the Web, your your book, which is kind of a, a seminal work on the topic. What's changed, do you think? I mean, how did you define content strategy then and how would you define it today? Because you've kind of touched on it yourself, you know, in terms of it's shifted a lot over the last couple of years. Yeah, it certainly has. And that shift really came along with the rise of content marketing. When we first started talking about content strategy, it really was more in the, in the context of the user experience design process, where we were really 
really encouraging people to think far more strategically about the content beyond just the stuff that you go and get to fill in the designs once those are ready to go. Uh, with the rise of content marketing, the phrase content strategy was was sort of uh, adopted by a lot of the, the pundits and sort of thought leaders in that area, more to describe what kind of content are you going to create as a part of your content marketing campaign or commitment over time. And that has been, as as you know, and anybody who follows me on Twitter knows, that has been a source of sort of frustration and hair tearing and uh, rending of garments for me, simply because uh, we felt like we had made so much progress in getting people to really think about, okay, what is it that we are trying to do for our business and more specifically for our users? And what I have seen is that the content strategy that's often referred to in the content marketing field is really more of what are you going to do? What is that editorial calendar going to look like? And where are you going to put your content? Um, now, of course, I don't want to say this as a as a sort of global thing, because I think that there are organizations that are doing a really good job integrating their, their branded content programs and sites uh, across their entire business in terms of the, the sales cycle and the user journey. But for the most part, it's been you know, when we talk about in content marketing, having a documented content strategy, what I'm seeing is that people are creating editorial calendars, which still, um, while there obviously has to be some strategy behind it, is is more a tactical implementation of the idea that they want to do content marketing. Part of it, I think, is that a lot of people are coming to this with a very much an editorial focus rather maybe than a design or, you know, a UX focus where they're trying to solve a problem. As you said, it's very much coming to it with an editorial hat on. And, and whether we call that, you know, as you say, brand publishing or like, you know, editorial strategy, but that content strategy should be a sort of maybe a, a distinct and unique thing. Oh, you know, it's this is I've lost a lot of sleep over this. Um, you know, <laughs> the word content and the word strategy. Yeah. And what does it mean when they sit next to each other? <laughs> Uh, makes me an insane person. And in fact, I recently, well, not recently, I've been saying in the past that if if it were up to me, content strategy would not need to be a sort of separate thing from user experience design, that it would really just be part of the, of the natural process that we were considering content as sort of that core asset and what people are coming to your site for in order to complete the tasks that they need to complete. You know, the way that I have started talking about it more is, is you know, the thing about content is that it is uh, impacted by so many different areas of an organization. It's not just marketing. It's also, it's technology. It's design. It's people that are creating digital products. It's the people that are delivering kind of the help and support content. And so the way that I've started to talk about it is that the content strategist role or the opportunity, I think, really lies in starting to connect the dots between all of those different organizational functions. When we talk about content marketing and content strategy, really what ends up happening is that content strategy sits squarely in marketing. And so their primary focus is going to be on promotion and driving leads. And for mm -hmm. me, that's really only a small part of the overall content ecosystem within organizations of any size. Okay, that's, that's quite interesting. So you would see sort of almost content marketing being a subset of content more globally. And really, I think you know, you, you just have to look around at what's been written, I suppose, and, and, you know, do a bit of Googling and you'll realize that so many people are writing, it's a bit pre-meta about, you know, how you can transform your business with content marketing, how you can, you know, quick wins and silver bullets and all this kind of stuff. And some of it feels quite like snake oil salesman kind of stuff. 
But that really, that's only a tiny sliver of the power of content for business these days. Well, and not only the power of content, but the necessity of it, right? I mean, like mm. I said, people are not coming to you online for your design or even necessarily for, you know, your gajillion articles that you've purchased or cranked out for your content marketing program. I mean, for the most part, they're coming to your site to get a question answered or to um, make a decision or to get information to support that decision-making process. Or once they've become a customer, they're coming to you for that support. And their experience with you as an organization, I mean, yes, content marketing can be a part of that. But I, I think that what has has made me insane is this idea that content marketing can transform your business any business, like you said, a silver bullet. And for me, really what needs to happen is content marketing needs to be considered as a part of a larger integrated marketing strategy. And so many organizations that I talk to or who call us for assistance, um, even with their content marketing programs, what I find is that they have started with the idea that content marketing is a mandate and they've got to engage, they've got to launch this program without considering sort of a larger marketing strategy and whether or not content marketing as a tactical commitment even makes sense for them. I mean, how are companies using content marketing to differentiate? Are they seeing a lift in search engine visibility? Are they able to make a clear connection between the content marketing that they're doing and customer sales, retention, satisfaction, and so on? And, you know, I mean, Joe Polizzi has stood on stage at Content Marketing World for the last several years and said, oh, we have this huge upswing in spend on content marketing, and yet the large majority of organizations are not able to demonstrate any profitable or meaningful results from that. And his answer has been, so we need to try harder. Well, my answer is we got to step back and see whether or not content marketing makes sense for your organization in the first place. That's not been a very popular opinion among marketing folks. I'll tell you that right now. I would tend to agree. I mean, there are certain businesses that are not going to lend themselves to content marketing or certainly very easy types of content marketing. If you're making, you know, a widget or a very sort of transactional type product, it's not immediately obvious what kind of content you can create that's going to going to attract buyers. I mean, certainly uh, this is coming from someone who, you know, Intercom has invested quite heavily in content marketing, but I think we're able to create content that appeals to people who are going to buy our product, that's going to help people who are ultimately going to buy our product. You know, in our mind, it's quite clear why we're creating the content and what kind of content these people will want to read. But I, I think you agree, there's a lot of people ticking the box saying, we're going to do content. And you know, what's funny to me is that some of the very best content marketing programs that I know of are coming from content marketers, coming from <laughs> people who are selling either products or services geared towards content marketing. And, oh, okay. you know, that irony is not lost on me <laughs> at all, yep. you know, but I mean, for our organization at, at Brain Traffic, we're a content strategy firm. We've made a conscious choice not to do any sort of content creation or content marketing over the last several years because we are such a small organization and we are so busy serving clients and doing client work. And we just felt like, well, if we can't do this right, we're not going to do it at all. Having said that, we are getting ready to relaunch and sort of begin investing again in that content creation. But we're an organization that people are looking towards for very specific information. And I think that that is another thing to point out is that so many companies 
are just creating content almost sort of to keep up with the Joneses. And because so many of them are focused on quantity, what they end up doing is trying to be sort of everything to everyone, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you take, a, for example, a large hotel organization, I'm just going to make this up, where they mm -hmm. say, okay, well, we need to be creating content about things to do and local attractions for every single one of our properties. Well, then maybe what we also need to do is launch an online magazine that really sort of, uh, you know, speaks to the lifestyle of the traveler and maybe the business traveler and the, the family vacations and so on. And they start cranking out all of this incredible content without thinking about how, if or how it's going to differentiate their organization and whether or not it's going to perform in the search engines, for example, against all this other content that's being created by individuals, by standalone magazines. And that, that makes me crazy too. Like, why are you doing it then? You know, mm -hmm. why, if you cannot clearly demonstrate or you don't have a specific set editorial strategy that's going to differentiate you, then all you're doing is crowding the experience of your, of your property websites and of your brand. And, and de sort of devaluing the content, I think, as well. I mean, it just becomes almost commoditized then, doesn't it? I mean, Oh, it is, you know. it is everywhere. It's totally commoditized. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, and I don't... You know, it it's hard, uh, again, with my unpopular opinions, as a consumer, am I going to be more likely to trust content on vacations from a hotel who's trying to get me to go to their hotel? Or am I going to go to a blogger who specializes in family vacations, for example? And I mean, if you do the search online, you're going to see Google is sending you to those individual content creators. So again, without any sort of clear differentiation or platform, those companies are just throwing money away. And in fact, this is where it comes back around to the idea of focusing on content in the customer experience, because these companies that are pouring money into content that's not differentiated, that isn't performing, you know, at all for their company's bottom line, or adding any real measurable value to their users, I would love to see those marketing departments investing in online customer experience, which can go anywhere from getting out of the way when they're trying to book a property to really uh, transforming sort of their help and support content. So that, that as somebody who came up through the field of user experience is kind of another problem that I'm, that I'm looking to help marketers solve that maybe they didn't call me to solve in the first place. <laughs> But I'd, I'd I'd like to jump into a, a little bit about that uh, sort of user experience. But before yeah. we, we we jump off and, and and leave content marketing entirely, I mean, is is there any brands that you see that are are getting it right here, or that, that you feel like you know that's clever, that's good, that, that that's well thought out? Yeah, you know, a, a brand that I point to regularly is REI, and I think that they kind of had that content marketing game figured out long before content marketing even became a thing. I mean, their brand platform is. A life lived outside is is a better life. I I totally mm. butchered their their um, <laughs> core brain value, but it, it's something like that. And so they have been creating content specifically from their in house outdoor experts around you know 
how your first time camping or how to choose a mountain to climb. I mean, I'm making that up too, but Mm -hmm. you know, and they have, they have created how to videos. They've created inspirational videos. They have, they have aligned their online experience with their in-store experience. They're offering, um, events now that, you know, and, and trips and classes that you can take and then repurposing that information online. And this all makes perfect sense because they are wanting to teach people about living in the outdoors and, you know, of course, along the way, selling their products. So I just Mm -hmm. really very much admire the way that they have taken their brand values, taken their audience needs into consideration and really helped bring those to life with their branded content. And REI, I think, do it very naturally. It just feels very natural. It doesn't feel like, oh, look, here's the here's the content piece over here, or you know, here's our magazine. You know, like even their events and things, their in-store local events and stuff, and their email. It all just feels very natural. I think. I think it's, that's a, a well, key thing that they have. And take into consideration the content marketing that they do is clearly it makes sense as a part of their larger marketing strategy. They have made a set of integrated choices within the what they are delivering from a marketing perspective, you know, even among products and service design to their audiences. And so it does make sense because they started with that holistic marketing strategy. Just before we continue with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about Offscript. It's a new series of candid conversations with intercom leadership all about the extraordinary AI-driven transformation we're currently experiencing. Episode 1 is on our YouTube channel right now. Here's a teaser of what you can expect. I don't want to come across as overly dramatic, but for every single tech company, this is an adapt-or-die moment. It's inevitable that all businesses are going to go AI first. It's just a matter of time. In this post-AI world, new companies will rise, old companies will fall. Of course, some of these new companies will flame out. Some old companies will pivot successfully too. I don't think any of us could see a world where this wasn't going to be one of the biggest changes in the customer service landscape ever. The world we care about is customer service, and it's so patently obvious that the old way will be quickly obsolete. We're racing hard to build a future which will result in better experiences and results for customers and businesses too. It's not just a product change, it's a mindset change. Let's make space to talk about all of this. We have so much we want to share. We want to explore these ideas in the open. We want to provoke new ones in you. We want to learn from your reaction. You just click the kind of like big stupid go button, right, and see what happens. Welcome to Offscript. That's all to come on Offscript. The first episode is out now. You can watch it on Intercom's YouTube channel and we'll bring you audio versions of the episodes right here. Now, back to today's episode. So you see content strategy very much as a, a part of experience design. I, I mean, of, of Coming from the whole UX world. So obviously a lot of our listeners are kind of early stage companies, they're startups. What does that mean for them? Like how can they think about making an investment in content strategy? Like when should new companies be thinking about it? Like, is it from day one or how do they harness this in their own businesses or how do they think about it in their own businesses? Yeah. So I think, you know, even for the very large companies that we work with, I'm often really surprised at how at the, whether it's the marketing level or the, you know, content management level, how people are working with these very sort of large, broad goals that really, if you step back and look at them, are more of like 
visioned, you know, like we're going to become the leading provider of content in fill in the blank industry for audiences everywhere. I mean, that's, that's not a strategy. That's a vision and a, and an undifferentiated, uninspiring one at that. (laughs) And so rather than starting with, you know, those big, big, I mean, everybody's got to start with sort of their company vision, their company mission and so on, but being able to really hone in on those longer term measurable goals and then gathering information about your audience and about your users, which means talking to them. And then, I mean, for me, the heart of any good content strategy really is putting your audience or putting your users in the center of everything you do. It's hard for me to think of, you know, any content strategy statement that does not include serving prioritized audience around or audiences based on their preference and in order to support kind of what their top tasks are when they come to you online. If you can start with that and start by gathering that information and being willing to really listen and accept what people want instead of what you wish they would want, that is a really excellent place to start. And without that information, I don't think that it's easy to really undertake any sort of larger holistic customer experience design initiative or to be able to think about the role that content, whether it is, you know, everything from the words we choose for user interface to if we've got a chat bot, you know, how we are scripting that and talking to people to the information that we're delivering to people on our websites to any sort of information, whether it's at the article level or whatever within our email and how we're delivering that to the website or, you know, or an online magazine or social media platforms, that's all content and getting that right, getting it to be consistent, which is a huge complaint I hear from organizations too, how difficult that is, no matter what size the organization is, getting that to be consistent that is where content strategy comes in. That is where content strategy needs to be informed by those business goals, by those audience needs, and then also by your company's constraints when it comes to resources. You know, like I said, we're a small company. We did not have the bandwidth to be able to effectively manage a blog and a podcast and social media channels. And so we made a very conscious decision to focus our resources into, in this case, events, because that's what made sense for us. So start with your concrete business goals, start with your shorter term objectives, start with your audience, and then craft that content strategy that's going to help you make a decision about where you are going to invest in your content and where you're not. And that I think is another thing. I mean, not to, I I guess I keep coming back around to content marketing that we don't talk a whole lot about things that we shouldn't do in the context of, you know, do you use video? Do you use podcasts? Do you have an online magazine? It's more, you have all this opportunity, go get it. And that I think is very, very damaging to brands. I think it's quite interesting also you you highlighted sort of like the being user centric and sort of, you know, looking at what your users want and are interacting with. And, you know, I think a lot of that kind of research did come with kind of costs and stuff, you know, in in earlier times. But there's really little excuse now in terms of the tools and, and the services that are available to people to really find out and get close to your customers. I mean, obviously, like we ourselves, we sell a tool that, that allows people to talk to customers. But I mean, there's, you know, not, not touting intercom services, but there's just so many ways you can find out what users want that, you know, if you're not that user centric now, I think you're not at the races really, are you? Well, that, you know, 
for so many years, consultants have been trumpeting sort of, this is the year of the customer. Oh, no, 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 no. This is the year of the customer. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, even if it's as simple as calling your customer support area or sitting your sales folks down and talking to them about what customers want, if for whatever reason you can't have direct content with contact with them, talk to the people who do. But mm. honestly, I think that there's a part of some organizations where they don't really want to know. They don't want to hear that customers don't follow them on Twitter or don't want to follow them on Twitter or that they don't care about their online magazine, that what they're really frustrated with was, is the, you know, the, the phone number, how hard it is to get a hold of customer support or that trying to register for something that experience is really awful. I mean, because marketers so rarely have say over that, I, I just don't think they want to hear that that's what's most important. And so it might be easier to focus on, you know, analytics, to create meaning in those analytics and to sort of assume that we know what user intent is. But no amount of analytics are going to tell us why people are doing what they're doing. We've got to talk to our users. You touched on, you know, as I said, there's just like there's so many different options for people and, and, and invariably people go to conferences and get very excited about all these different things that, well, excited and anxious, I suppose, as, as you said, that, you know, that, that they're not doing some of these things. But, you know, you, you touched on chatbots. I think it's, it's very interesting. Like what kind of things are you seeing from your clients that maybe they're, they're going, oh, we have to do X. Mm -hmm. And like what things do you think are effective at the moment? I mean, we've we've certainly say, for instance, this podcast is a, is a good example. We, we, we've been doing this for nearly two years at this stage. But, you know. For me, as someone who didn't necessarily consume podcasts, I was uncertain and I kind of felt like, let's do an experiment, let's try it. But, you know, there's, there's so many things that you can invest in. Like, what are you seeing clients having really good good results with the, at the moment in terms of maybe the newer things that are out there? You know, it. this is one of those questions where if I could provide, people want a blanket answer, right? They want that silver mm. bullet. They want to hear, oh, companies everywhere are using video. I too should use video because that's a new hot thing. And surely my users expect me to have video. And there's not a single answer to that question. I mean... You know, there uh, there are so many companies that are like, yes, we do need to invest in video. And then they end up putting summaries from their board, the last board meeting and bringing that to life in video. And like, nobody cares. You know, they've got 12 views and, you know, maybe instead what they do need to invest in is some kind of chatbot or, you know, where they, they do provide some way for instantaneous two-way communication with their organization. I think... You know, there are some organizations that have really great results with events. There are some organizations that are just killing it with their with their online magazine or their content marketing. Some organizations are having huge success with their Twitter platform. I, you know, so I don't see one thing that companies are doing that that across the mm -hmm. board everyone is seeing great results, except to continually optimize their website experience, and that's not sexy right? Like mm. nobody wants to talk about that. And I have complained a lot over the last several months. God, I feel like I've been saying the same thing for 15 mm. years, you know, and there's so much work still to be done, but how do we remain relevant in the age of digital conversation if we're just banging the same old drum? But the fact of the matter is everyone on the front lines of these organizations, when they hear our you know, message around the importance of content strategy and taking care of your content over time and not rushing out after the next silver bullet, that resonates. So, you know, it's continually working to optimize the customer experience and to be 
realistic and to be brave in hearing what is important to them because it might not be important to you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think people get very enthused with new content initiatives. And then, as you say, don't do the work to keep it, optimize it and make sure it's current and, you know, review it regularly. Well, and to make sure, you know, to figure out how to demonstrate that it's contributing to their business success. I mean, you know, people like, oh, engagement, we want to engage people, we want to get people coming back and so on. Well, if you can demonstrate that people who come back, you know, three or four times are more likely to fill out a lead form, then great. That is, you know, then that kind of level of engagement is something to chase and something to work towards because there is an end result that has business impact. But a lot of this is like, oh, we want to create loyalty and we want to shift brand perception. Well, look at customer retention. Look, you know, measure brand perception as best you can in the marketplace and Go out and get those results. And you know what? If you can't or if you're not seeing results, I would encourage you to take a step back and think, okay, well, what are we hearing from customers is is broken or could be optimized? And let's, you know, even even if it's like as as unsexy as fixing your site's internal search engine, you'd be shocked at how important that is to people. Um mm-hmm. And yet how few companies are investing in making that work. So that's the thing. The basics are, are often not exciting, but the basics are what are going to differentiate you from the competitors. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned, you know, what, what's it going to sort of have the impact for your business. You guys at Brain Traffic have been really successful, with, as you said, with, with conferences. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and how you sort of zeroed in on conferences as something that could be successful for you as a marketing tool. Because, you know, for a lot of people, the thought of organizing conferences is, you know, such a, it's such a large piece of work compared to, say, a podcast or, or, or a blog. But, but clearly, it's been a really successful strategy for you guys. Well, we also love it. I mean, it's really fun, right? Like our, yep. like our organization and our, just the culture that we have, we like throwing big parties and we like throwing parties for people who really, really care about content strategy and the role it plays in the customer experience. And that's really where it started in 2011. I sort of looked around and I was like, oh my gosh, I've met all these smart people. They're so awesome. Let's get them together and throw a conference. And I had no idea what I was getting into, but it was a huge success. And so we've We've built a business, you know, around those events, and it has certainly fed into our consulting business. And in fact, when I talk about our business strategy at Brain Traffic, we really have three parts to the stool. We've got our conference offerings, we have our consulting and project services, and then we do have the content that we've created, which include my book. Um, and Megan Casey wrote a book called The Content Strategy Toolkit. I'm trying to hammer out another book. You know, I've given tons of talks. And so there are lots of decks of my work available online, things like this podcast, uh, you know, guest blog posts and so on. I mean, those three things work nicely together to help us be successful. But that is a very clear business strategy where there is a clear relationship between those three offerings. Would it be okay if we took the conferences away? Yeah, probably. And it would be a lot less of a headache for us as well. But again, it's just, it's something we're passionate about and we feel like it really helps move the industry forward. Christina, we could probably talk about content for hours. Unfortunately, uh, we don't have all that time. But Christina, thanks for, for taking the time to come on the show today. Oh, it was just a pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me. You've been listening to the Inside Intercom podcast. For more episodes, visit soundcloud.com slash intercom. If you'd like to subscribe, search for Inside Intercom in iTunes or Stitcher. And for even more great content, 
check out blog.intercom.com.